the America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they design products that make it easier to take longer walks, have deeper talks, and never worry about the weather. Discover clothing, outerwear, footwear, and gear made for every type of adventure with the outside built right in. Because on the inside, we're all outsiders. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Every fall, in one of the largest national parks in America, visitation slows to a near halt by the end of September. The ground is already covered with golden aspen leaves, and the mountaintops are powdered with snow, called termination dust. The skies lose up to nine minutes of sunlight every day, and the northern lights dance over the crisp landscape at night. While so much of the park and the landscape marches on toward the winter, there's one group of individuals that eagerly await the snow. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, the Sled Dogs of Denali. Official park employees, or as some call them, canine rangers, have an important role to play year-round. As the only kennel in the national park system, the Denali Park kennels already receive welcome attention from visitors, most of them traveling during the summer. But as the buses stop arriving with travelers in the fall, the dogs prepare for their true purpose in the park. Each winter, they will run more than 1,500 miles as a team. They'll haul supplies and construction equipment into the far reaches of the wilderness or bring construction debris back to the entrance of the park. Through blowing snow, below freezing temperatures, or bright sunny skies, the dogs will lead the way. Here's Abigail Trebu. Denali had sled dogs woven into its history since its establishment. Harry Karstens traveled to the Yukon from Chicago during the Klondike Gold Rush of 1897. He was just 19 years old. Though he searched for gold along the 70-mile river, like many prospectors, he didn't find much. But other reasons to stay in Alaska kept finding him. Karstens built a telegraph line that linked distant Alaskan outposts and hauled supplies for the U.S. Army. He also gained a remarkable reputation as a dog musher, where he hauled mail across the landscape, helping create the route from Valdez to Fairbanks. When he transported mail, he had a handful of dogs attached to his sled, much unlike the 12-dog teams we see in races today. The sled weighed hundreds of pounds, and there was no room on the back for a grown man. Instead, Harry Karstens was frequently breaking trail in front of his dogs, walking and running through deep snow and winter temperatures reaching 50 or 60 below. (laughs) 
When the naturalist Charles Sheldon set off in what is now Denali National Park and Preserve in 1907, 10 years before the park's creation, he hired Harry Karstens and his team of dog sleds to help him with his winter wildlife studies. His dogs would also prove invaluable during the Karstens Stuck Expedition in 1913, pulling supplies to the head of the Muldrow Glacier at 11,500 feet leading Karstens, Hudson Stuck, and Walter Harper, a 19-year-old Alaska native, to successfully summit Denali. In 1921, Harry Karstens became the first park ranger for the then-named Mount McKinley National Park. His first and most pressing task was to control illegal poaching. Miners and settlers were hunting caribou, moose, and doll sheep to feed their camps. Harry Karstens founded the Park Kennel to provide a reliable and efficient source of transportation through the wintry landscape. As the years went on, sled dogs helped rangers record wildlife populations and patrol the park's boundaries. The park hired more rangers so they could each explore a different district with a team of seven dogs. The rangers even built cabins along the park boundaries for patrols, which could last months at a time. Many of the cabins are still in use and continue to break up long winter travel for the Denali sled dog teams. In 1929, the Park Service built a kennel building near the dog yard that still stands today. Within seven years, the park was caring for more than 60 adult dogs and pups at the kennel, and more and more tourists were visiting them when they traveled to the park. Sled dogs have even been known to save human lives. A Denali park ranger named John Rumor was patrolling in January 1940 when his sled broke through the ice of the wide Toklat River. He shared his experience with the Fairbanks newspaper. I was in serious trouble breaking through the ice over a deep channel where I could reach no bottom by sounding with my eight-foot G-pole. The dogs had to swim to get the sled out. What really saved my life was Tiga. The dog had been sick and I was not using him in the team, but let him follow behind. While I was working with the sled, he managed to get up ahead of the team and really coaxed them along. It was quite a struggle, for we had about 100 feet to go before we reached solid ice. The dogs would never have made it if Tiga had not been ahead of them. Whenever he came to a place where the ice would carry him, he would turn to the team, cry a little, and wag his tail. That would put new spirit in them, and they would struggle ahead even if the ice broke under them. I hope Tiga will get a long life. He earned it that day. In the 1940s, many of the sled dogs were given to the military during World War II. In Fairbanks, up to 200 sled dogs were maintained by the U.S. Army 10th Air Rescue Squadron into the early 1950s. The dogs performed rescue missions in the teams of 10 and had to be on alert 24 hours a day. But one Army caretaker claims the dogs were fed exceptionally well as the government purchased red meat, dry, and canned commercial dog food, and locally dried salmon by the ton. The rest of the sled dogs in Mount McKinley National Park were retired. 
as some believed machines to be more efficient for winter travel. John Ramore had opinions on this idea too. The distance traveled in a day over unbroken trail exceeds the best a dog team could perform. But dogs have less trouble with their carburetors. You can cuss the snow tractor and it just sits there. When you cussed a dog, they would at least raise their ears. Rumor later helped acquire dog teams for the park again in 1950. They were used for some patrols as well as visitor programs. Years later, two major federal laws reinforced the National Park Service's commitment to keeping dog teams in the park. In 1966, the National Historic Preservation Act declared that the historical and cultural foundations of the nation should be preserved as a living part of our community life and development in order to give a sense of orientation to the American people. Sled dogs are adaptable and reliable in the unpredictable landscape of the park, and they are a part of Alaskan culture. The modern sled dog program in Denali was brought back in 1974 by Sandy Coggle, the first full-time kennel manager who exercised, trained, bred, and cared for the sled dogs. She also taught other rangers to drive dog teams, managed the backcountry ranger program, and mentored seasonal rangers. Sandy helped the park return to its traditional use of dog teams in the backcountry by improving the breeding program renovating facilities, and initiating more backcountry dog sled patrols. The second law that provides more incentive to continue sled dog use in the park was the Alaska National Interest Lands Conservation Act, which was passed in 1980. In this act, the name of the park was changed from Mount McKinley to Denali National Park and Preserve. The park tripled in size, and the original two million acres from Mount McKinley National Park were designated as a federal wilderness. Mechanized equipment and motorized vehicles are prohibited in the wilderness areas. But the Denali sled dogs allowed rangers to continue using winter patrols to carry out the park's mission. Today, sled dogs still have an active role in Denali National Park. They help freight supplies throughout the park, which means they're bred to be larger and stronger than dogs you'd see in the famous Iditarod sled dog race. Sound researchers pass off their monitoring equipment to mushers and dogs in the fall who will transport the gear to various backcountry locations. The dogs also transport construction equipment to restore historical cabins, conduct a ground-based census of golden eagles and their nesting locations, and collect snow sampling data. In November and December, temperatures can drop as low as 40 below, and daylight only lasts four hours. Some patrols into the park only last a day, while others take weeks. 
The sled dogs that you'll find in Denali National Park may look different than you'd expect. They're called Alaskan Huskies, and they're more of a type of dog than a breed. Mushers in Alaska bred dogs from Inuit villages with other breeds such as Siberian Huskies, Greyhounds, and German short-haired pointers. Dogs were bred based on the qualities needed by the musher, whether they needed speed, strength, or a certain type of coat or stamina. Because they're a mix of many different dogs, all Alaskan Huskies can look very different. They can be different sizes, shapes, and have different colors and even fur patterns. So, what does the everyday life of these National Park Service ranger pups look like? Most puppies are born at the kennels in the park. For two months, the puppies sleep, nurse, and gain a pound or more a week. There's never enough love for them while they grow, as children and adults hold and snuggle them often. When the puppies are grown, they will be surrounded by many visitors in the summer season. So this socialization, when they are young, is incredibly important. Socialization with adult dogs is important too. In the early winter season, adults begin training runs and the pups, now around six months old, will join them, often running beside the team while they scramble over glare ice and push through blowing snow. They learn about the natural winter conditions in Denali and observe the adult dogs harnessed as a team. The seven-month-old pups will finally get their chance to be harnessed, strategically placed next to the well-trained adults. It's not unusual for them to try to play mid-run, get distracted, and chew on the lines. They are puppies after all. Though training will continue throughout their lives, sled dog pups will have achieved hundreds of miles of experience running in harnesses after their very first winter. In Denali, sled dogs retire around nine years of age. By that time, many dogs have completed more than 8,000 miles of winter travel. The sled dogs are adopted by families that live locally or in more northern locales that can provide them with active, outdoorsy lifestyles in retirement. Though nine years may seem like an old dog, Denali's canine rangers have unmatched energy at that age and need to keep up an active lifestyle to stay happy and healthy. Humans have had a close relationship with dogs for millennia. In archaeological digs in Siberia that date back 8,000 years, dogs have been found buried alongside people or with jewelry. It's not known exactly when dogs were first pulling sleds, but in Alaska, some evidence suggests that coastal native populations may have harnessed dogs for pulling sleds around 500 to 1500 years ago. Alfred H. Brooks, the head of the U.S. Geological Survey, wrote in the early 1900s, Countless generations of Alaska natives have used the dog for transport, and he is to Alaska what the yak is to India or the llama to Peru. In the mid to late 1800s, hunters and explorers of European descent began to settle in what is now Alaska. They learned from natives that sled dogs were the most reliable transport on the frozen, unpredictable landscape, and the dogs soon became the primary mode of transportation between outposts for both goods and passengers. The discovery of gold in the Yukon River during the 1890s brought a larger network of winter trails and trading sites, and also meant that sled dogs were in high demand. Miners brought any dog that could pull a sled into the area, such as Retrievers, Hounds, St. Bernards, and Newfoundlands. In modern kennels, at first glance, the setup may seem peculiar. Dogs are usually tethered to their own individual houses to give them their own private space whenever they need it. The tether is long enough for the dogs to interact and play with other dogs in the yard, but not so long that there's a hazard for their safety. The dog houses are made out of thick logs with a flat roof 
and a small entrance door so that they can be sheltered from the elements. Though whatever the season, the roof on top of the house is where the dogs prefer to be, watching birds and their neighbors. In the summer, the Denali sled dogs take part in a sled dog demonstration, a 30-minute interpretive ranger program. This is the most popular interpretive ranger program in the park, with more than 50,000 people attending annually. The Denali Park kennels also rely on an incredible volunteer support system to give the dogs extra exercise and attention that they need in the summer. Locals living in the area can adopt a sled dog and walk them for at least an hour three times per week. Each dog will have more than one walker, so they ensure that they stay active every day. More than 50 volunteers donate thousands of hours walking and snuggling the canine rangers each summer. If you're looking to visit the Denali Kennels, you'll find them at Park Headquarters, about three miles down the park road from the entrance. Sled dog demonstrations are offered regularly three times a day between June 1st and September 1st. Visitors traveling outside of those dates can head to the visitor center for demonstration times. In winter, inquire at the seasonal visitor center if the dogs are around at the kennels. Rangers and dogs are often traveling deep in the park's wilderness for days or even weeks at a time. Whenever you find time to visit the kennels, keep these tips in mind. Let the dogs come to you and let them sniff you before you pet them. If you see dogs that are barking, yawning, or panting, it means they're nervous and you should move away and give them space. Always supervise children when interacting with them and don't run or make fast movements around them as it can startle them. Every new litter of pups in Denali grows up with the same energy and passion to run as generations of Alaskan Huskies before them. From traditional use in Alaska native cultures to the team that assisted the first recorded summit of Denali, the sled dogs are an iconic symbol of Denali's wilderness. In the late summer evenings, if you're lucky enough to hear the dogs howling to the mountains painted in alpine glow, you'll feel in your heart how they have shaped the history of the park forever. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu and written by Lindsay Taylor, whose blog, The Curiosity Chronicles, can be found on the webpage for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America podcast. Season three is wrapping up now wherever you listen to this one. If you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys at OurWanderingFamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com 
to find great gear for exploring the national parks.